I want all of our content to be empowering, kind and pleasant so that when you're having a bad day and you think that your bad day is going to be solved by going on Instagram, which many of us do, and you're scrolling through your feed, you see positive, kind, polite content rather than uh, content that you're comparing yourself to. Today, we are talking to Sonia Barlow, founder of Like-Minded Female, a community that helps bring women together and negotiate the professional working place. My name's David Savage, and this is Tech Talks. It's your twice-weekly technology podcast interviewing tech leaders to help share information across the peer network and also help enthuse people who are just new to the industry. So, if you love technology, this is the podcast for you. On today's show, we've got Evie Oros. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yes, good. Did you have a nice weekend? Yeah, it was lovely. Very relaxing. Yes? Fam- family weekend it was, Ooh. actually. Yeah. Like, back home family? Um, no, just all my cousins came round for dinner. I cooked a massive roast dinner for everybody. Mm. My brother came home from uni for the weekend. So, ah. yeah. Chicken roast? Chicken and gammon. And gammon? Yes, a variety. That's, that's a bit more challenging. Yeah, and some veggie options. What did you do with the gammon then? Kind of parsnips um, maybe? It was honey roasted gammon. Got to be parsnips. There were parsnips, yeah, of course, but not not with the gammon. As, well, as, no, as, yes, as, like, okay. Yes. Yeah, I didn't cook the parsnips. No, no, that would yeah. be, I think okay. that would be odd. I'm not, yeah. I mean, I, I don't... I didn't know if that was... I think it would be a bit wet. They wouldn't roast properly. No, they'd just be covered in... Oil. Yeah, no, well, hot oil's fine for roasting, but I think I think they'd just be soggy and not crisp up. Yeah. I love roast parsnips. Yeah. And it's that time of year. I, it is. I do honey roasted parsnips and carrots and they are delicious. Oh, you're gonna have to do this sometime, like cook a big hub. Yeah, we roast. don't we don't really have a very good kitchen for it though. Or any kitchen. Well, really. we have microwaves. Yeah. Not, not quite great the for same. roasts. No. No. Oh and see Judy. Judy. As in Judy Garland. Oh, the film. The film with Renee Zellweger. How was it? It's actually very good. Oh. I mean, I, I, I expected it to be very good, but it is very good. Yeah. It's quite moving. One of those, like, future Oscar nom ones getting ready for I the I would be shocked if she wasn't nominated. Okay. I really would be. She was excellent. There was one woman in the cinema who kept laughing at inappropriate moments. Oh. <laughs> very odd. But, but, you know, but, I feel uh, like I've had that before as well. Yeah. There's one guy who would just laugh like ha ha ha, like really loud every thirty seconds or so. But was he laughing at stuff that was funny? Because this woman was laughing at stuff that just wasn't no, funny. This it wasn't. is quite a tragic film in parts. It was in John Wick. Like, it, like so <laughs> I mean, <laughs> elements of John Wick are funny, but not not the whole film. But... You know what he was doing? He <laughs> was bringing his true self to the cinema experience. He was. He was. <laughs> It, it was a quite an entertaining laugh, to be fair. Oh, well, fair enough. So, very powerful laugh. Uh, <laughs> on a slightly different note to bringing your true self, Sonia Barlow, today's guest, is the founder of Like-Minded Females, who are all about tr- bringing your true self to the workplace, I think in a slightly more positive and engaging way than he was doing in the cinema, but there yes. we go. <laughs> uh, so we'll get into today's interview, but afterwards, myself and Evie will have a bit of a chat about this interview. And then, of course, we've got some technology news. It's a fun one. Cool. I'm excited. So today we're talking to Sonia Barlow. You are the founder of Like-Minded Females. How long has that been going, that community? So we started in May 2018. And okay. right now it's October 2019. So 14, 15 months. Yeah. And what is LMA? So Like-Minded Females 
very kind of briefly is an online and offline community in which we empower women to be their truest selves, break their own glass ceilings and a status quo by providing initiatives which are all accessible, affordable um, and most importantly fun. Mm -hmm. It started because I myself started working in 2015 and when I went into the workplace I truly struggled. Unfortunately at university no one really teaches you professional skills or real life skills so how to become a professional, how to uh, work in a corporate environment, or even so how to leave your mood at home is mm-hmm. something which once someone once said to me. And I, <laughs> and I realized that if I was uh, uncomfortable really being a professional and not necessarily having a support system, especially working in tech where you're less than 15% of, uh, of the majority, that, that other, other people must feel the same as well. And so rather than staying in my own depressed bubble I kind of looked at my phone and realized over half the population are online why are we not using this to its fullest potential Mm. Um, and out of complete kind of anger and frustration I created a LinkedIn group and I was like yeah I'm going to build a community it's going to be awesome we then did an offline event which was a brunch which truthfully no one came to yeah, this is this is an interesting point to jump in because a lot of people have the ambition of building a community. Yeah. To put it in some context, how big is the community today? So in a year, we've engaged with over fifteen thousand people. Right. And we're engaging with over eighty thousand socially. Right. Through social engagement and various platforms. Okay. So, how did you go from no one setting up for a breakfast <laughs> to those kind of numbers? Um. Okay. So so truthfully. I'm not going to lie about it. I sat there in tears when no one showed up, as you would. Yeah, of course. You put your heart and soul into something. Uh, then. Completely. And, you know, people said they were coming, but we didn't show up. But at that point, it was pivotal. And it was, okay, either I give up now, or I thought, but what if I just keep trying and let's see what happens? Mm. Because the momentum and the drive internally was there. And for me, it was about helping myself just as much as helping other people. And at that point, I truly needed... Um, to support myself and, and to put my kind of mental health first as well. And so kind of to, to your question, I just took a step back and firstly messaged the, the, the women who said they were going to come and asked them as to why they didn't. Mm-hmm. Realised that I had jumped into a community platform and really had my own bias, uh, which I hadn't identified. So for example, I thought that as being a, a young professional and junior into my career that this problem only exists with those that are junior in their career i also thought that linkedin was the best social platform because it wanted to be super business and professional Mm. both of these things were wrong so i had to take a step back and really realize that this is a wider community problem it's not a age uh, and it shouldn't be considered to be an kind of an age problem um i then created a linkedin and started sharing sorry, I created an Instagram and then on both platforms, Instagram and LinkedIn started sharing relevant content, Mm -hmm. which would help to support uh, professionals development. So be that current information in the news or be that, well, how can we manage difficult conversations or be that uh, articles that I'd seen from Forbes and from Harvard's Business Review. So uh, to your point, it was about 
how did I add value to someone else? And when I started adding value and people started understanding that it was very educational, very empowering, that's when the community started organically growing itself because they felt like they were not only being listened to, but somebody was providing them with the content that they required to develop uh, both in confidence and in community. Now you mentioned you made the assumption that it would be young people like you. Yes. What does the demographic of the community actually look like? We are super mixed. So the the most ironic thing, um, and equally the, the thing we're most proud of is, we're called like-minded females, so you'd assume it'd be female-based. Mm. 30% of our engaged audience is men. When that when when guys started to show up, did you think, hang on a minute, do we, do we want to make this female only, or are we welcoming of them at first? Yes, we did, and we're currently going through that debate itself. Right. Um, and what I realised is... One of the other bias that we had when we started um, and I put into place without even realising was I made it around, I made it too generic, let's say. Mm-hmm. Guys started showing up when we started theming our events. And so that's when kind of the light bulb moment happened and we realised people are showing up regardless of gender when there's a theme or a topic that they relate to, that they need support with, that mm. isn't necessarily being spoken about. A good example being a workshop that was around um, self-promotion and branding Mm -hmm. or another one which we did around overcoming negative thought patterns. That isn't gender specific. So we took a step back and realised that our community needs to be female friendly. It needs to be targeted towards providing females with that safe space and inevitably men can still be included. The only exclusive women-led event or activity that we do have is a brunch. Uh, so we do try and keep things to kind of female only, but after having 30% engaged audience um, as male through our following and then at least 20% in person who show up to our events, mm. that that was something that truly changed. And then in terms of age, it wasn't just young professionals. We realised that it was anyone from the age of 18 to I think the oldest um, the oldest person who's attending our event is a 65-year-old man. Right. Now, you mentioned um, negative thought patterns. You mentioned topics. You mentioned yes. that that hook, that thing that someone could identify with was what was important. Mm-hmm. What do you think has been the most... The, the, the topic that has got the most traction from your community? So, actually, the overcoming negative <clears throat> thought patterns one... What it has been the one so far. So we have combined a series with Tabula, uh, a series of three, talking about real life topics mm. which aren't necessarily spoken about. Overcoming negative thought patterns, we had 110 tickets, mm-hmm. which were all sold out within the first two weeks. Did you charge? Was it free? Just out of interest? It's a mixture. Yeah. Uh, so we have tickets which are free for students. Cool. And now we do tickets for £5 or less um, for professionals that are working. No, I just asked that because I think it's interesting, wasn't it? That people run free events, but fundamentally, if someone's parted with a small amount of money, they're less likely to not show, I guess. Uh, exactly. So we've only, so only a year after Help We Started Charging, our first year was completely free. Yeah. And we don't make any money off this. Mm. So we do it as a passion project and let's say a side hustle. It's only now that we've started charging because you also have to consider as an organiser the time and effort you're putting in and also food and refreshments normally are not paid for and therefore they mm. cost money. So in this instance, our student tickets were free. 
Um, all tickets are five pounds or less, and that therefore kind of meeting our ethos of being accessible and affordable. Gross. Because the average networking event in London is forty-one pounds. Wow. So imagine having two or three of them. Yeah, no, during the month. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I do wonder where money goes, but there we go. And <laughs> and the thing is, so the overcoming negative thought patterns. We yes. had a thirty-minute workshop, a forty-five-minute panel, thirty minutes of networking at the end. And we had a 99% success rate in terms of those who had bought a ticket and those who had shown up. Was that audience a younger audience or not? They were mixed. Yeah? Was it, was it people who were experiencing it themselves or people who were seeing it in their organisations and teams? Or It was truly a mixture, but majority of our attendees were those who were experiencing it themselves. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot... A lot of people um, come up to us personally, individually. So when I say we, sorry, I mean myself and our voluntary team, um, as well as the panellists and and the workshop lead, to say that they had been experiencing this thought pattern that they uh, felt unfit at times and they just didn't know who to talk to. And most importantly, they didn't know how to bring the conversation up. And that's what I think really... uh, That's what really got me, because... I was once that person 18 months ago before LMF started and I also didn't know how to bring the conversation up. So it was kind of full circle and quite humbling to see that you were able to provide an action point and a toolkit for other other members of the community who mm. also didn't know how to just start the conversation of, I don't feel mentally okay or I don't really know how to do it or I just need support, can you help me? And for some reason, those are those are very difficult conversations for us to start, despite, I think, the recent stats from Mind, the Mind charity state that one in four of us suffer from mental health issues. Why do you think that is? I mean, I, I totally appreciate and understand that there are more people out there suffering than admit to it, and it's, it's awful that it's still stigmatised. But why do you think those stats are so high and seem to be getting higher? One of the reasons why I believe they're higher is because we've just grown up and technology's just come into our lives, but we've never actually understood how to use it, what the absolute value add is or how to... um, be socially mindful when we are using it. Right. So we've never been educated on technology. It's not the same as when you're in school and you learn maths, you learn science, you learn English, you have a course on it. You don't have anything to say, here's a phone and a device, here's the data that we're capturing, here's the various apps that you can use. And for one, this is how you can use the device, but for two, if you, for example... Uh, you know, use it right before going to sleep, it will affect the type of sleep you have and how you feel. And you said that the the people who are coming to your sessions spread right across the age ranges. So is it the case, I suppose, that in a way we're all adolescents with this technology? We're all, no matter how old we are, going through this learning curve at the same time? I I completely agree with that fact. Um, I have younger siblings Mm. and I can guarantee you they have no idea how you how to use tech and I don't mean use it as in how to take a selfie and put it online I mean how to use it wisely how to block out the negative accounts or the negative following and so one thing I made a point of when we started LMF was I want all of our content to be empowering 
kind and pleasant so that when you're having a bad day and you think that your bad day is going to be solved by going on Instagram, which many of us do, and you're scrolling through your feed, you see positive, kind, polite content rather than uh, content that you're comparing yourself to. And that's something that we're not necessarily taught. It's not the fault of the education system. It's just the fault that it's never... It's, it's not necessarily something that's occurred to us to teach um, those around us on how to use social media more mindfully and how to block out the negativity online so that it can therefore um, affect your positivity on, offline. G- good examples being you might have a crappy day and then you jump online, be it LinkedIn or be it Twitter or be it Instagram or be it Facebook as, as kind of the four bigger social media um channels and you see someone on holiday and you automatically think oh my god they're having a far better time than I am they're living their life they're having the best time but in reality you don't know when they took that when they posted it or what's happening in the background Mm -hmm. it's just a very sudden thought that occurs and that's one of the reasons why I believe that many more of us are now mentally unwell or have mental health problems is because one we don't know how to use tech but two we're also now in this state where free 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 thought and the freedom of speech is really uh you know it's it's been heightened so you should talk about it and it's important to talk about it i just don't think it's been spoken about enough in an actionable perspective now at the beginning of the interview just as a last point you talked about the fact that you felt the strength of your community came from listening to, mm-hmm. to your female members. Male members as well, but your female members. Predominantly, yeah. Yeah. How is How are you doing this differently to how should have happened previously? Because women have worked for large organisations for, for a number of years. <laughs> it's not like they're new to the workforce, but it's something that we do here time and again. You know, Now we want to be listened to. What do you think that, that, that difference is? So for us, listening means. For us, listening means um, allowing people to share their story. Yeah. So we do that in different forums. We do that through surveys, so it can be anonymous. We do that through one-to-one meetings and coffees for anyone that reaches out to us. We also have a Slack channel, a WhatsApp group, and obviously a community on various social channels. So by listening, we mean we let people share their stories. We ask them the relevant right questions, such as how is your day going? What can we support you with? Let us know if there's anything that we can do to help you. Mm. And when they come back with their answers, those answers are what formulate the workshops or the events that we do going forward, the topics that we're talking about or the concepts which we are um, kind of replaying back to businesses. And most importantly, listening means just giving someone time and space to be their self we don't ask anyone to show up uh, as anyone except their truer self we don't want you to pretend we don't want you to be fake we are a community made of real females just trying to do real things yeah right and the third point is and i think this is one of the most important is we're listening from the bottom up it's not coming top down Mm. so it's not an assumed understanding of what's going on in the cohort and what gen z or what the millennials or what professionals who are you know between x and y age want it's we know exactly what they want or what they need or what their personal requirements are is because 
we're asking those people that are struggling or going through it or having those issues and then we're sending the message upwards so that the message itself isn't necessarily filtered and it's not a concept of Chinese whispers. Because yeah. sometimes, and the truth is, you know, when you have uh, messages kind of from top down, you feel like they've missed out the point or the humanistic perspective. Us is, it's bottom up, it's asking the real females and males that are going through whatever they're going through and making sure that we are providing initiatives which break that taboo talking point but it's not just about breaking that taboo talking point it's about well here's a toolkit and here's an action booklet and here's three things that you can do now short term and long term to make it better look i think it's amazing what you're doing it's amazing the community that you've grown in the short period of time as well um if someone was interested to find out more about like-minded females wanted to come along to an event or just see some of the content online you mentioned instagram i'm sure there's a website What, what would you direct people to in the first instance uh, LinkedIn and Instagram. Yeah. So our Instagram handle, same with our Twitter handle, is LMF underscore network. Yeah. And our LinkedIn, if you type in like-minded females, is there. Um, and the website is www.likemindedfemales.com. Thank you very much for coming in and having a chat with us, Sonia. Thank you so much. Right, I'll, I'll start at the end of the interview and then we can work backwards. But you're a female working in technology. I am. I found it quite interesting when she was talking about um, listening and what listening means because it's very easy to say, oh, well, you know, we listen. Yeah. But there's a very big difference between listening and active listening and getting that right. Yeah. Do you kind of subscribe to the way that she described listening? She talks about it meaning allowing people to share their stories. Um, yeah, I think I think it's really important to really listening to everyone's individual needs and struggles and like support them in different ways rather than making it so like we've made notes on this like let's try and do this this and this or sort of just talking about it and not really doing anything Mm. um and i thought it was interesting how she was saying it's from the bottom up as well so Mm -hmm. it's not just stuff that people in higher positions have heard and like filtered out of it it's real people with like their individual problems yeah on that point i often feel like you know one of the most over talked and over analyzed things is this kind of millennial gen z thing versus people who are a bit older in the workforce Mm. uh and it's often people in management roles kind of i don't know creating trends out of generational shifts and i kind of i just don't think that human nature has changed that much in 20 years no, I feel like, well, technology's definitely changed way, way yes. faster than we have. Of course. And it's hard to keep up with all of that change. And as she was saying, we don't really know how to use tech properly, do we? Yeah, no, and I, I, I really liked that point um, about blocking out negativity. If you've had a crappy day going on Instagram and then you're suddenly comparing yourself to other people, yeah. I think that happens a lot. Yeah, all the time. I always see like photos of people's holidays and I'm like, oh, I wish I was on holiday. Oh, I'm like stuck in an office. Like I want to be on holiday. Like it just makes you feel down. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, myself and Jack have spoken about it at previous times on, on, on the podcast in the past. And it is ridiculous. You kind of get this, this glamorized version of everything that when they're looking and feeling brilliant. Yeah. And I almost think it would be great if there was a celebrity out there brave enough to run like a... <laughs> 
worst day instead of like everything in the best day like this is everything on my worst day yeah. account <laughs> like take a whole load of photos when you look shit <laughs> and when life is crummy and you go you know what this is the reality everything my life's actually pretty good but these are the not so wonderful yeah. looking moments and that's okay because that's real life yeah. it's not always amazing and sunny and you're not always on holiday but... yeah exactly like I, I think it's great that you now get these moments where uh, people do like campaigns where they remove makeup and stuff mm. uh, I think that's a really positive message but why not um, why not have those days when you wake up just feeling crap and go you know what here's a selfie of me looking and feeling rubbish yeah it's like just missed my train late yeah. for work yeah arrived a bit, was <laughs> a bit sweaty and a bit kind of like Ugh. yeah those but days <laughs> that would be good and I don't know whether that's kind of empowering kind and pleasant but maybe it would be empowering to say yeah actually still relatively successful but it's not perfect all the time yeah and it's more relatable and it doesn't make you feel as pressured to have such a perfect amazing life does it do you think that genuinely impacts on mental health i think so and i think a lot of social media has an impact on mental health because you are constantly comparing yourself to people mm. and only seeing like you said the best sides of people so you feel like you've got to live up to that if because there, there are so so many people it's not just like it's just one or two as well it's like thousands of people that you could look at that are doing this and you're like oh well if all of them are like that why not why aren't i mm. and that can be really really like pressurizing i guess and yeah. make you feel quite down yes yes um, how did you feel about her admission that she brought bias into her project early on? I thought that was quite refreshing that she kind of talks about, you know, the, pretty much the day after that, that brunch, she was just in tears and it just <laughs> yeah. hadn't gone right. Yeah, I think, I think it was good because everyone has bias, don't they? It's the whole unconscious bias that everybody has. And at least she recognised that mm. as well and tried to do something about it. Um, that it yeah. wasn't just about young people and it wasn't best on LinkedIn. She might have been trying to do something for a professional community, but it doesn't mean that that's the way to engage with everybody. Yeah, yeah, not everybody's going to be... Everyone has different likes and dislikes. Not everyone's going to be as active on certain things and, yeah. yeah, different generations. So it's important to remember them and people who aren't just like you. I mean, what do you look for from this kind of content? If you, if you were going along to a group and it's kind of for young female professionals in the workplace because it it can be quite difficult to negotiate a working environment right mm. um i think something that i'd look for is just finding maybe those kind of like mentors how yeah. to like bring up certain things with people find those people that you can like trust and talk to um and yeah i think that's probably something i'd look out for university she's right when she talks about university doesn't teach you to be professional because university doesn't teach you about the idea of needing a mentor it kind of just gives you all these skills yeah. and seems to assume that you're going to drop into an environment and know how to negotiate it no one goes oh well you know when you get there you might need to stick your hand up and go this doesn't make a lot of sense to me yeah and you know it's like taking a bit of initiative and trying to you have to really try and figure those things out for yourself because you're not just going to be handed it and talk to it in a lecture yeah. <laughs> like you've got to figure it out for yourself yeah absolutely i think we should be taught more stuff like that and and not lump it as kind of a careers thing but actually have it as part of courses because yeah it's part of actual working life 
And I thought it was really interesting as well how she was talking about leaving your mood at home, which is something that I would have quite liked to... Because you, you think about it, but if, you're, if someone teaches you it and maybe talks to you about it a bit more... You always seem to have a fairly sunny disposition. I guess, but like, I do have bad days. Well, of course. Like, and like, I do wake up sometimes just a bit grumpy, and then I'll be a bit grumpy in the daytime. Yeah. And if someone kind of actively says to you, and it's in the back of your mind, like, leaving me at home, forget about what's making you grumpy, just have a good day and be productive, I think that would be so useful. Yeah. It's like you know about it, but it's just reminding yourself of that, isn't it? In a way that doesn't hack you off further. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, Sonia, I, I think the uh, the contribution to the podcast is, is brilliant. I think that like-minded females are a great community. Um, if you are a like-minded female, why not follow them on, inst- on Instagram and LinkedIn? Uh, as, as she mentions, both of those have communities and there are other ways to engage too. Uh, I'm sure that it'll be very helpful for anyone trying to negotiate the workplace. Uh, but we will go to our advert break and afterwards we will have a piece of tech news. Once a month, Tech Talks opens The Tuck Shop, a YouTube tech news roundup, which is kindly carried by Disruptive Live. Disruptive Live is the UK's first and only 24-7 TV channel for the technology industry. Stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the Disruptive Live website and social media channels. You can also catch Disruptive Live at some of the largest global technology events, broadcasting from London, Manchester, Singapore, Dubai, and many more. Welcome back to Tech Talks uh, for your Tuesday show. A quick bit of silly tech news, really. Um, Evie, FaceApp. You used FaceApp, FaceApp, I assume, a few months ago. No. The one where it made you age. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, everyone used yeah. that, right? Have you heard of Gradient? No. Ah, so this is the new one. Right. Um, basically, it tells you what celebrity you look like. Oh, okay. Oh, no, that's why you wanted to take a photo. Yeah, I thought this would make wonderful audio content, taking a photo of you. Oh, Um, no. So so this is what I got. George Clooney? Yeah. That's a good one. I I was quite happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, so I got George Clooney. I also got Ray Fiennes. Okay. Which, you know... When he was a bit younger, oh, yeah. I'll take that. So, so that you know, yeah. Okay. Not not as Voldemort or something like no, that. No, no, no. So that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Jack did this. We were talking about it on the Tuck Shop um, earlier. He got he got J.K. Rowling. J.K. And, Rowling. Yeah, and Kevin Spacey. Oh. Oh yeah. I feel like they're two very different looking people. Very different looking people. Exactly. So I. I don't know, I just thought it would be funny to take a photo of you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and whilst we do that, um, do you, does it worry you, you know, whilst I'm taking a photo of you, uh, does it worry you about just throwing pictures of yourself up online to these apps or not? A little bit. I always Or maybe do. I shouldn't take a photo of you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder what happens to them, you know, yeah. the proper privacy settings. and. <laughs> Is there... Anything because you used FaceApp, you said, yeah, 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 yeah. use the FaceApp this year. Is there really any difference between using something like that and uploading photos to Facebook, Instagram, whatever else, Snap? Um, I'm gonna say probably not, but as a feeling, I feel like uploading something to Facebook or Instagram is a bit more private because you have a bit more control over your privacy settings, whereas with these apps, I feel like. You tick the privacy agreement and that's it. You don't know what they're doing. So, so am I doing this or not? 
I mean, go on. Yeah, right, okay. So, so Evie's uh, just told me that she doesn't like the idea. Well, well, I've done it now. Oh, okay. I've just gone for it. <laughs> Evie's told me that she doesn't like me doing this, but I've gone ahead and done it anyway for the purposes of the <laughs> listeners. And look at that. What? I don't know anything like her. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> for people listening, Evie apparently looks like Lisa Kudrow. You can decide. <laughs> I don't think that's too bad. No, I wouldn't say it's a bad one. No, no. I mean, Lisa Kudrow is very attractive. I mean, you're brunette and she's blonde. Yeah. But, you know, aside from that, there you go. I'd be quite happy with that. Yeah, I'm not disappointed. Cat Wildman, it. who we had on the Tuck Shop, she apparently uploaded the, the, the picture of her four-year-old son and it came out as Oprah Winfrey. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's different. It is. I can't. <laughs> I mean, there is this thing like, we, we, we say that we care about our days for a lot and then something comes along that's a trend... And we all get very excited and use FaceApp and, and use Gradient and think and it's wonderful fun. It. Yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, like Chris Pratt did uh, did it, and like he's got twenty six odd million followers, and he posted it because it told him that he looked like Sam Worthington, oh. which is quite funny because he's famous, so it really should have told him that he looked like himself. himself. But no, yeah. it told him it looked like Sam Worthington. So really accurate then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously it says I'm George Clooney. Of so. <laughs> It must be true. Uh, but yes, no, I thought that was fun. Uh, Gradient is this new phenomenon uh, that's, that's kind of taking over. It's not Russian, just to put your mind at rest. That's great. Uh, but it has gone viral, mainly because the likes of uh, Kylie Jenner, Kim Kardashian, Courtney Kardashian, and Chloe Kardashian have, have all done it. Then, do you reckon the Kardashians are just taking money from this app? Like they've all had a go? Maybe. maybe. Or maybe they just really like it. Anyway, the Cardassian family did it and therefore everyone's doing it. Yeah. You've done course. it. You're Lisa Kudrow. I did. There you go. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, so yeah, listeners, would you use Gradient? If you if you do use Gradient, who would you most like to look like and who would you least like to look like? There's a there's a there's a something to ponder. Mm. Anyway, with that, I think we'll leave you all alone. Um, Evie, thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you. Uh, Sonia, thank you very much for being our guest, and we'll be back on Friday. <laughs>